All right, folks, what's going on? This is Jake Hofer. This is the Land Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I have to apologize for the brief hiatus here. The long and short of it is, <clears throat> got COVID, and uh, thankfully I am good good as gold now, but definitely knocked me out there for a while and uh, put us a little bit behind here. So regardless, though, wanted to pick up right where we left off, and it is part of the series that we initiated. And this is kind of, it's still the step zero, but it is with a lender that specializes more in house and acreage. And something that people just don't really realize, I think, is that you can actually buy house and acreage. Um, and it just boils down to the highest and best use as it's discussed here with John, who is a, who's been in the business for at least a decade now and shares his expertise, his thoughts. And we kind of cover a variety of topics here in this subcategory. And I hope that you guys learn something or find some level of value. As always, if you do, a written review would really help us out. <clears throat> and then beyond that, we have the resource sign up um, in the link tree below. And we're going to be adding resources this upcoming year in 2022 and then beyond that beyond that i want to remind everyone of the goal of helping 100 people buy their first piece of dirt i have a spreadsheet and if you have found value and you are in the process of buying your first piece of ground let me know so i can add you to the spreadsheet this is a goal i don't know how long it'll take as i talked about in the very first episode and it's a uh, hopefully this upcoming year i'll be able to add a handful of mu- handful of more people if there's anything that i can ever help with feel free to reach out happy to do so and we hope you guys have a wonderful year want to say thanks for the past year's support and it's going to be a great one so let's go ahead and get right into this conversation and talk with john all right i'm i'm live i have john gibbons here um who is a mortgage lender and we're going to be talking about a really exciting topic here and before we do that though john you are a a, a strong loyal customer of exodus so i just wanted to say thank you for over the years of uh you know everything you've done and helped with uh, exodus it's cool to connect and talk all about your profession and line of work i appreciate it so um give us a little bit of a little bit of your background here yeah so um uh my name is jonathan gibbons i uh i i started in the i guess the financial world um back in uh back at chase bank actually um in college i was a part-time teller then full-time belt teller then a personal banker and then kind of sales you know doing sales as a personal banker um decided to get into mortgage lending um so that's kind of where i where i got my start was uh chase probably i uh, i'm gonna guess over 10 years ago i think now um so i worked for a bank for a little while then uh left chase bank um there like 2008, 2009, somewhere in there after the market crashed. Um, went to Summit Credit Union, was at the credit union a couple of years, and then basically um, got on this side of the business. And when I say that, um, so I work for Fairway right now. Um, I actually started at Pacific Union. So it's just strictly a mortgage bank. Um, and kind of the, the reason for that was um, being on this side of the business, the mortgage banking side, we just are, we can offer a lot of, a lot more products without the overlays um, that all these traditional banks um, um, that they, that they kind of do. Um, yeah, got on this side of the business. I've been over here for eight, nine, nine years, something like that. Um, it's, uh, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what an exciting time to be in that line of work too, uh, in terms oh, of lending with, with, uh, you know, historical low rates and, you know, <clears throat> from what I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing that has definitely 
sparked a lot of business in all assets or all asset classes of real estate. And then beyond that, I think it's really, especially in your line of business, it has accelerated the upgrade house, meaning, you know, people are are always going to be buying the first house, you know, that's, that's a given, but I think that accelerates that. But in in terms of like, you know, maybe, you know, we're having our third kid or something like that. Well, we need a bigger house Mm -hmm. now. Rates are great. Our house is worth 30% more than, you know, what it was two years ago it's time to move on and we can actually, wow, we can afford more now. Cause we had a, I don't know, 4% interest rate. Now we can get like a 2.8 or a 3.2. Um, yep. would, would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, definitely. Um, the rates, the last couple of years, I mean, pre COVID they dropped. I mean, I watched it in almost one day drop an entire point. Um, wow. and since then, I mean, it went from like, you know, mid fours down to mid threes, then down to, you know, sub 3% on 30 years. And, um, yeah, I mean, two years ago, what is that now? About two years ago. Yeah. Well, a lot of people were wanting to jump in just with the uncertainty. Mortgage rates were low. People can afford more. Just what you said, um, want to upgrade kids, whatever. So yeah, it's been crazy the last two years. So. Yeah. Yeah. Super exciting. And I think, uh, you know, I think those rates are, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that more here a little bit later, but um, real quick, a little bit about Fairway too. I'm probably your guys' website pulled up. You guys do a ton of volume. You guys are a high volume mortgage broker. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to, we're a mortgage bank. We're not, I'm not a broker. Um, yeah, just, just so that people know, um, different difference being, um, basically between broker side and the mortgage banking side is I'm licensed. I work for fairway. Um, and then fairway, um, we don't, we don't, um, you know, I'm not shopping your loan to like, you know, a bunch of different banks like a mortgage broker would. So, um, um, but yeah, uh, we've been around, I think since like 1996, um, a lot of team members, we do a decent amount of volume. We're actually a Wisconsin based company. Um, and that oh, did wow. play into a little bit of where, um, where and why, um, I, I ended up over here. So yeah, kind of a, uh, a bigger local company, if you want to call it that, sure. <laughs> uh, local lender, I guess. Um, yeah. but yeah, um, yeah, it's a great, great place. So you weren't, where were you born and raised? Uh, I actually here, um, oh, nice. wa- yeah, Waukesha, Wisconsin, uh, area in and around. So between Madison and Milwaukee, um, yeah, mountain Palmyra now, but pretty much, you know, but grew up here, um, went to college for a little bit in Milwaukee, then Whitewater, um, tried to move away and then, <laughs> then ended up, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ended up, uh, ended up sticking around, met my wife, my, my wife now, my girlfriend at the time. And, um, uh, yeah, living out in, living out in this area. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is a topic that I think that's, you know, definitely overlooked or at least, um, over, you know, people don't think about it. And that is buying land that has a house on it with basically a much better, um, much better loan product at the end of the day, if you had to boil it down. And, mm-hmm. you know, is this something that with, uh, you know, the amount of loans that you've closed, is this something that you see often or is it, is it still kind of a rarity? No. Yeah, it's a rarity. Um, I mean, honestly, over, over the years, um, there's not many people, I don't, I don't think people know that, that you can actually do that. Um, I think when they, when people are looking to buy, you know, rec land or hunting land or whatever, they're kind of looking for a piece without an existing property on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that's first and foremost. And then secondly, um, I think people probably don't know that you can, you can actually use these, um, agency back loans to buy, um, to buy a property. So mm-hmm. the acreage requirement, I think is what 
probably everybody's like, well, this is a, you know, 30 acre, 40 acre, 50 acre piece. Um, you can't use traditional financing for that, um, which um, I've, you can. Um, there's not technically per se a acreage requirement. Um, the, biggest, the biggest part of that whole uh, purchasing a property like that is um, when the appraisal's done, uh, the highest and best use of the property um, is really what will determine if you can do it or you can't. So I've done, I've done quite a few of these. Um, it, residential in nature is basically what we're looking for on an appraisal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that negates the issues of, you know, it being a, uh, that you can use it and, and do a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac back loan, uh, sure. which then, like you said, the, the loan terms for those products are, are they're better in the terms of, um, lower down payments, um, mm-hmm. credit score could be a little bit lower, um, things like that. I mean, properties nowadays, I don't know what it is in your area, but properties around me, average homes are going for two to two fifty right now. Um, you know, if you throw land on it, you could be $500,000. Well, for somebody to have to come up with, I think most just strictly, you know, wrecked land, you got to come up with 20%, maybe sure. 25% down. I don't know if they do them for 10 or 15 anymore, but, um, I mean, you're talking 500,000, 10%, that's 50 K 20% hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Well, most people, most have people don't have a hundred, yeah, hundred yeah. K sitting in the bank right now. So, um, these, you know, standard conventional loans, Fannie and Freddie, you can get away with, if you're a first time home buyer, um, 3% down, um, a lot of times they'll 5% down as yeah. a, as a minimum down payment. Um, and then if you want to try to, you know, move into the 10 or 20 or 25% down to either get better interest rates, lower, lower, get rid of PMI or do some kind of creative things that way. Um, you've got the option to do it. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's such an important thing because if you are buying, you know, let's say a a house and farm and it's half million dollar purchase price. Okay. What is the, even the population of the general public that is in the market to buy a house, you know, probably in their twenties, thirties, forties, that's a hundred grand, you know, liquid. And then, you know, at three and a half percent or five percent, like you're looking at seventeen thousand, twenty-five thousand dollars. There you go. Which is much, much more tangible. And you know, you can yep. you can see that finish line uh, as yeah, if you were definitely. trying to build up for it. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Plus, um, I mean, most of us, we all buy a house, you know, you have a family, whatever, you're gonna buy a house. So you're gonna live somewhere. You're either gonna yep. rent, you're gonna buy something at some point. Most people do. Um for, for me, I think it's just something that I think a lot of the people, probably most of the people listening to this or, or that we talk about, that we talk, the goal would be to own some kind of hunting land at some yep. point. So mm-hmm. uh, it's difficult to own a home. And in addition to that, also purchase a, a hunting property. So yeah. kind of the best of both worlds, <laughs> yeah, buy a I'm- house, have some land in the backyard. Um, yeah. I think similar to what you just did. So, yeah, exactly. Well, I think the biggest thing too, is like, instead of having to save up, okay. So you save up, you finally get a down payment for a house. Okay. Now you're in that. Now you're, you're taking care of a home and you know, uh, life yep. creeps up and your budget gets tighter and then you oh, got to yeah. find out a way to save up more money to go. I mean, obviously you shouldn't buy it. You shouldn't buy something you can't afford anyhow, but let's say, you know, it kind of delays the, you have to save up again for another 20%, 25%, 15% for a piece of uh, rec ground. We bundle them together. I mean, it, to me, it's a super powerful thing that uh, this it is. people don't think about. And, and I get it too, because let's face it, a lot of these house and acreages are either um, houses that are really nice or really crappy. And there usually isn't a ton in the middle. But if you do find one that's in the middle, that's kind of the house I bought is brick style, you know, brick ranch, 
built in the seventies, you know, it's not an old farmhouse and it's not new, but it's something I could afford. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, it's definitely an overlooked spot for, um, somebody who wants to get in some, some hunting ground or some rec ground. So. Yeah, absolutely. And do you, um, you know, like aside from that, I mean, um, I'm looking here at my, my thing here, but like, let's say this, let's say this property has some level of income. Does that change? Does that change the ball game for a lender? Uh, it, I mean, it can negatively, honestly, <laughs> negatively. Um, yeah. so the, the income piece, first off, if, the question most people will ask me is like, Oh, can I use that towards qualifying for the loan? Like the extra income? Sure. Well, the, the answer is probably no. Um, most people aren't in that business, um, to start with when they're talking to me, whether they got, um, you know, whether it's farmland or whatever, they're getting egg payments. Well, if you don't have a two year history of, of pretty much any kind of income, we can't use it. Um, Uh so you gotta have a history of income, um, yeah, to be able to use it anyways. Uh, secondly, um, yeah, I mean the payments. The payments I, I can see on your thing, harvest timber harvest or, sure. or cash rent. I'm, I guess it just goes back to you don't have a history of it, so no, we, we're not going to be able to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know the guidelines within these products they actually get a little sticky when it comes to um, payments on these properties. So yeah. um, depending on when you give me your tax returns, if there are payments of those kind and other other pieces it goes back to the highest and best use so what sure. are you actually going to be using this property for you know is it going to be a um you know a, a working farm or you know what i mean so yeah. um that could actually hinder your ability to actually purchase using these products so um yeah. there's some nuances to them but it's, it's all situational you know it goes back to like when you're talking to a lender you just want to let them know exactly what you're trying to do and kind yeah. of your situation specifically to find out um, we can kind of, you know, tailor it to what, what you've got going on specifically. So, yeah. And that's, that's what I learned uh, when I purchased this, uh, where I'm at now is yep. there was 10 acres tillable on it. And I told them, you know, I cash rent that out. And they're like, well, are you going to? And I was like, well, should I, or should I not? And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> well, and it's like, no, because then it, it changed for this bank. It changed the bucket of the yep. type of loan I'd have to get. And all of a sudden it's not residential, it's a commercial loan. And you got to exactly. come up with way more. And then it's a five-year arm loan. It's like, okay, for the little income I would have got, I'm happy to lock in a 30-year low interest rate. Yeah, not worth it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then, those, are the, those are the conversations exactly what you did um, be talking about that kind of, whether the lender brings it up or not, you know, to just getting yeah. educated on it. You got to bring that type of stuff up because that, <laughs> if that pops up in the middle of the program and, and you are, well, you know, then now you're going a different direction with your financing. Yeah, <laughs> you don't exactly. have a choice anymore. So yeah, and then I I took talked to another uh, lender too, and I was like, well, what I mean, what would be the worst case scenario if I did actually put in the CRP yeah. or cash rent it? Well, he's like, well, believe it or not, the FSA is a government agency, and the IRS is also a government agency. Yeah. You don't think that they can <laughs> talk to each other? And like yeah. you're doing you're doing acreage reporting, or you're in a government program. Like you know, obviously, you know, it could fly under the radar, but to me, the, the risk versus reward wasn't there. And plus I didn't want a tenant farmer yeah. or anything else like that, but those are all, yeah. you know, things you should really consider just because it has a little bit of income. That doesn't necessarily mean you should try to, you know, it's your home at the end of the day too. This, right. this is your home. This is not a necessarily a business investment. And, um, you know, so that's, that's something that, you know, really consider. Now, what about, let's say if you did buy, let's say you, you bought a house in 40, no tillable on it, but it had timber on it. You could, you just go in and, and extract the cash of the timber on it, like do a, do a, basically a cut yeah. and just, yeah. that's his personal income. Exactly. Yep. 
Yeah, okay. no problem. No problem with that after the fact. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And then, um, you know, as people are considering this in their head, is there uh, any other questions that they should be asking a potential lender if they're looking for um, a house and acreage? Yeah. I mean, specific questions. I think that the specific questions come after somebody does. So in our business, like the biggest thing is you need to do an application with a lender, like mm -hmm. whether they do it online or you do it over the phone. However, um, because then what's going to happen is, um, they're going to be able to look at your scenario specifically. Everybody's got so many different things that are going on, whether it's credit or income or, you know, down payment or, or whatever. Um, it, it, every question that most of the time, most of the questions that pop up really derive from your specific scenario. Um, yeah, I mean, it, like we were talking about the income. I mean, if you're going to bring that type of stuff up, if there's any skeletons in your closet, you know, <laughs> you're going to find your it. lender. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, bring it up from day one, because then yeah. that'll at least give the lender, you know, an opportunity to let either look into guidelines or, you know, coach you in a way that, you know, um, or just tell you flat out, hey, you need to fix X, Y, Z. Talk yeah. to me in six months, you know. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. even I mean, even as I was going through my process, I mean, I'm self-employed, um, yep. you know, so like that opens another can of worms. And I remember yep. uh, talking to you on the phone and like, hey, before I want to have I want to be able to go talk to my lender and have like a really educated conversation. And I ran, yep. you know, basically the scenario through you and you're like, oh, you should be able to you know, make this work. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you know people like you are resources in a lot of ways. This is what you live every single day. This is, you are experts in this and where mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't, especially to someone walking off the street typically doesn't know that. And, you know, practicing real estate, I know a little bit, but I'm, I would never pretend to be a mortgage broker or a mortgage lender or anything else like that. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a really great point to basically be upfront and honest because they're, they're going to, they're going to do their due diligence on you. That's the biggest <laughs> thing that I can give advice for people is just anything that you, even if you think it's something that they don't want to know, I would rather know than find out later. And then it, it either kill your yeah. deal or, you know, it, it derails the whole, the whole situation and then it delay closing or whatever. So even yeah. if you think it's something, something not worth mentioning, just mention it, you know, yeah. um, Nobody's going to get upset over that. So Sure. Yeah. So what do you think is the current, I mean, no one can predict the, the rates in the future, but <laughs> what, uh, you know, with, with, what is the current rate forecast for 2022? You know, we're 10 days in right now. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're higher, we're already, we're already higher than last year. I mean, they're going yeah. up. Um, yeah. the last couple of weeks have been bad <laughs> for, for bad for interest rates, quote unquote, yeah. whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, the rate forecast, it, everybody, everything is pointing to they're going up. Um, sure. How much? I don't know. <laughs> um, where they're going to end at the end of the year, I guess, I don't know. I just, they're going up right now. Um, I think throughout the, la throughout the next uh, 12 months, they're going to be, they're going to be higher than the last couple of years for sure. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't really go any lower. <laughs> no. I mean, if you haven't, if you, if you didn't refinance, if you have an existing loan or if you bought and, you know, got, got you know those three percent or sub three percent uh interest rates i mean i feel like that's kind of a once in a lifetime you know opportunity right there so yeah, yeah. they got to go up yeah for sure so you know diving into some of these loan products more too i think is uh, something really yeah. important so like um for buying acreage with a house, you know, you have the FHA loan product, you have the VA loan product, and then you have the conventional loan product. Now, do you have a favorite, do you have a favorite loan? If you could, if uh, let's, let's say I was a veteran buying my first house, 
Yep. Would you say, man, maybe you should just save up for a conventional and just, you know, do that. So you have no VA, VA Trump, VA would Trump every loan out there. Um, okay. no money down. There's no MI no mortgage insurance on it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and then if you are a, if you, um, uh, got disability through the, through the VA, they, they waive the funding fee on it, um, as well. I mean, that loan would be, that would be the best loan that you could get. Um, if you are a veteran rates are typically less than conventional loans on a VA loan that, you know, the, those, the Ginny Mayback loans were kind of, they were lower than the conventional loans and they kind of flip up a little bit. And now that seems like they're a little bit lower again. Um, so mm-hmm. typically they're a little bit lower than conventional loans. So it's a better, that would be the best loan product if you are a veteran. Um, okay. For me personally, if you're at like, what's my favorite loan to originate? Um, that would be path of least resistance. So <laughs> that would be like a conventional loan. Somebody sure. who's got, you know, three, five, 20% to put down W2 income has, has a job for two years. Yep. Um, so obviously, you know, decent credit. Um, so a conventional loan would be my, would be as a lender selfishly, it would be my, my favorite loan product, but, yep. um, that, that I, I'm not afraid of, I know a lot of lenders that they're afraid of like they hear, or even realtors are afraid of hearing like FHA or VA or USDA yeah. or loan, loan products like that. They freak them out. Um, I'm not, I, I guess my view on that is there's really only a few differences between a FHA loan, those types of Ginny Mayback loans than, than a conventional loan. Um, because the, you still have to have a job for two years. You still have to run the automated underwriting findings through the computer system, which is exactly the same on a conventional loan and get an approved eligible or refer, um, scenario. The, the biggest nuance to the, the Ginny Mayback loans is when the appraisal is done, there's a couple more things that the appraiser could call out that then the seller would have to, to fix prior to closing. Sure. Um, and I think that's what kind of scares people and they hear the word FHA and they just think, oh, this person has bad credit or a, a, a worse, you know, income scenario. Um, but the reality of it is if you got a lender that's been, you know, doing this for a little while. If they, if we're pulling credit, we're gathering some docs up front, we're running it through the automated findings. Um, it, whether you're conventional or FHA, if an approved eligible scenario means, you know, as long as we can document what we've got in the file, so income assets that you have the money that you said you had that you're going to put into this transaction that that you make the money that you said you make for the time frame you said it uh, you made it in. Um, we already have the credit report. Um, if we're getting an approval on it, you know we just have to document that whether it's FHA or conventional it doesn't really matter. So mm-hmm. um, the same things can pop up on either loan. Um, I, I think it's I think the, when they when they see FHA, it's the well. We're gonna have to, we might have to fix something. So I get the last fix, two fix, years. Yeah. Fix, yeah. Fix some outlets or, <laughs> or yeah, like peeling paint or handrails yeah. or, you know, things of that nature. But, um, which, which I comes, get the last, yeah, it comes down to the appraiser a lot of times too. Where it does. I, there's things where I was like, oh man, they're gonna have to do this, this, and this. Appraiser comes yep. back, up, oh, you're good. And then there's you're other times, go, yeah. yeah. And there's other times where you think that it is good. And they're like, well, you need to put some GF, you know, so you change a few outlets and put a yeah. three foot handrail. Cause there's more than three steps type deal. And quite honestly, I mean, really, how long does that really take? How much money does that really take? I get the last two years with all the buyers, there, you know, mm-hmm. and the competition and, and whatnot. Yeah. I, sure. I, I get that. I, the market's changing. So yep. I, I think that, I think that these types of loans are going to be looked at a lot more differently in the way that they used to. Um, yeah. 
what's it to put up a handrail or change an outlet to make it a GFCI one or put some paint on a house. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. you're talking not that much and not that, and it, it's not that much effort. So no, yeah. but um, I mean, the, the beauty of that is too, like, you know, <clears throat> if you were if, to me, the kicker for me is like, if you are in the market to buy a house and you want recreational land, then you could tell me yeah. that you could put, even get a conventional with 5% down and then lock yeah. in a 30 year rate sub 4%, like the yeah. rate of inflation right now, last year was like 6.8. And if you're borrowing money and, and I, you know, <clears throat> there's thought process on that, but regardless, no one, no one gets rich borrowing money <laughs> like for that reason. But, mm-hmm. but if, if you do have a mathematical advantage on that and you're going to live there and you for sure want recreational land, then this is a really good option if, in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if especially with if you're purchasing this property with a home on it, you know, with the intent that you're gonna you're gonna whether it's forty acres, you're gonna hunt on this. I think you're also gonna stay there longer. So True. you know, when you're yeah. talking about arm loans, five year, seven year, ten year arms. I mean, for me personally, if I'm gonna purchase a property like this, I'm probably looking at you know this might be a forever home. So sure. you're right, locking it in at a you know sub four percent interest rate on a fixed. 30 year term or 15, whatever it is. Yeah. You're, you're definitely at an advantage, you know, yeah. then, then what, then doing a five-year arm, what are rates going to be in five years? <laughs> I mean, right. you know, it's going to, yeah, probably going to be higher than what it is right now. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Locking in $2022 yep. at, you know, for 30 years instead of mm-hmm. you know that arm. And, and the thing too, yeah, you don't know, you don't, interest rates are assumed like, you know, going to go up even in a five-year scope, you know, no one knows that for fact or for sure, but um, I don't think they're going to be lower. So it's like, no, it's pretty easy to take that bet. And, you know, and maybe they, there's only a variance of 2% there, which, you know, how much difference does that make? Well, in a lifetime of a, of a large mortgage loan, it's a lot, it's a lot more than what you think. And even, on, even on a monthly basis too, of even what a half a yeah. percent or a full percent can do too, in terms of what you could even afford is drastically, you know, more impactful than what you probably think. Yeah. hundred percent. And so in the, in your years of, you know, being in this business, do you see that direct correlation of, um, price and interest rates and like that symbiotic relationship of like, if interest rates go up prices, either on real estate prices stagnate or go down a little bit, or have you seen that? Or when interest rates were really low and then obviously prices ran up because you, a, you could buy more for basically the same type of money. And then it created more of a feeding frenzy in the marketplace. I would say that that is a, is a correlation, is a relationship, but realistically over the last, since the market crashed in 2008, rates have been going down. You know, we've, we've basically over my career, um, holistically, you know, it's been, there's ups and downs and you see a the downward flow, trend though. It's been a downward trend. Yes. So a lot of people are, we're, we're going to be going on a different market run here, I think for the for the, for a little while, um, sure. it's going to go up. Yeah. And I, I do agree with the premise that yes, uh, when you now call me, if you were pre-approved a year ago, there's going to be some sticker shock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people, yeah. people definitely bought not only were because of the multiple offer scenario, the last couple of years, um, they, you know, bought homes for over asking price or whatever. Um, but they also were looking at payment. Um, and when rates got down as low as they got, um, yeah, I mean, the, an interest rate at 4% versus 3%. Yeah. There's a big payment difference depending on the loan side. So people were mm-hmm. saying it's, it's just like in anything, you know, a lot of people look at payment and they're, uh, Oh, I can afford, you know, $1,200 instead of 
$1,500. So let's, let's go for a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. um, now that they're going up, yeah, we're going to see, I, I do believe we're going to see some people backing down their purchase prices, um, just because the rates are going up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Which, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. Now we kind of, uh, one question here. So just to dive into, so with USDA loans, um, is there anything that people should know about that? Obviously that's a, a lot of times a rural development loan where if it's, you know, depending on where you're at, what County, what zip code, um, you can basically buy a house with no money down. Can you do that with house and acreage? Yeah. So USDA, it's another Ginnie Mae back product, just like FHA and VA. So yes, you can. Same, same little nuances apply. The big thing with USDA though, that's probably going to hinder you from buying some acreage. Um, there's income caps to even qualify for that program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that the, the, purchase price of most of the property debt to income isn't exactly yep your debt to income ratio plus the income cap um um how much you can make on an annual basis to even qualify for that program it's the household income probably going to kick you out of even being able to you'll probably make too much money to to be able to utilize that program yeah Yeah, exactly and then debt to income ratios you're you're right uh they're lower debt to income ratios on those products versus on the FHA, VA, or even conventional loans. So um, the other nuance with that is um, uh, the property itself needs to be in an area that USDA will allow a loan on it. Um, So all you gotta do is just go and type in USDA property eligibility. You can specifically type in the property you're looking at, the address into their search engine, hit hit go. Um, And it's pretty simple. If it's green, that means you're good. If it's red, it means no. (laughs) So red red means, yeah, red (laughs) means stop. Green means you're good to go. Um, But then, you know, yeah, they'll lend on that property. Um, Kind of an easy way to know uh, if you're in a, you're in a city, uh, Milwaukee, Madison, I don't know what's down by you guys. If you're in the city, probably not. Um, If you're in an urban area, suburb, stuff like that, you probably can. So, okay. And then the website will also show you um, the max income cap um, for that, for that area. area. So it's based on census track. Yep. And then, um, you'll kind of have an idea of like, you know, how much you or your, you and your, your household makes. And then, um, you can even, you know, from there determine, you know, I make too much or, Oh, it looks like I might be able to do this. So. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's really helpful. And I think, um, any, is there any silver linings or things that people should really know as they're shopping for mortgage? Let's say they're like, okay, I do want to buy, um, a house and acreage, or I'm in the market to finally buy my first house, you know, and maybe they're just listening to this and you know, they just like land, just like anyone, you know, anyone else that listens yeah. to this, but you know, like in your, you know, your line of work, is there things that they should know, or like in terms of, uh, you know, just being an educated consumer for, for loan products. Cause most people, I think their eyes probably glaze over as soon as you like start talking about bank banking. But, um, if you're listening to this, you're probably not quite like that. So is there anything that people should know? Um, I, so I don't know. Um, I guess connect with a lender that's probably been doing it for a little while. Um, yep. not to kind of throw everyone's new. I was new. Um, but you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you can get a referral from somebody or, you know, if you know somebody who's been in it for a little bit longer, um, it, you know, that might help, yep. um, could, could, you know, could, uh, steer you away from some potential issues down the road. Um, I obviously like, this is what I do. This is what you do. So, um, I think purchasing a property, um, and land, uh, I think it's a good investment. Um, obviously it's been 
over the last couple of years specifically, it's been a really good investment if you got in. Um, yep. But just even historically, um, I think it's a good investment. You got to live somewhere. Um, you know, I know renting versus owning. It's uh, it's there's things you have to do when you own a home versus when you have to rent or whatever. But um, you know, I think the idea of purchasing a home and you know it's it's yours. It's something that um, that that you have and you're you're always going to have. Um, well, you're you're locking you're locking in you know your payment where rents <laughs> rents are always yeah. going to creep up um, more than likely. Any landlord is going to have, you know, a scheduled rent increase on an annual basis, whether it's off of percentage or not. But, you know, mm-hmm. hypothetically, aside from the taxes changing your payment, that's pretty much what you get. What, you know, that's locked in. Would that be accurate? Yeah, definitely. Yep. You know what you got at that point, um, yep. you know, especially at the end of the road. So you can kind of um, plan and set yourself up that way, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's because it's, it's such, it's, as you know, someone that's going to buy their, whether it's their first property or their first house, it is an intimidating process. If it's, you know, aside Mm -hmm. from, okay, you finally found the place you want to buy and maybe you're pre-qualified, but you know, this is all uncharted territory where I think you and you and I probably kind of get numb the process where it's just like, yeah, what, like, it's just another day. It's like a a doctor doing checkups, like, well, you know, (laughs) you need to do this, this, and this for them. It's devastating or something uh, crazy. So that's something to, to, I think you're right. Find someone that um, you know, has been doing it for a while and is happy to, you know, answer every question you can think of. Yeah. It just popped into my head too. I think something that if people, um, you know, want, want to do something in advance to even looking at a house, um, start saving some money. Um, yeah. I, cause I, I think there's, there's, it's not that talking to a lender and, and you just want to kind of get an idea talking to somebody is better than doing nothing. So you can yeah. at least get some advice and figure out what you do listening to this and you've, you know, you don't have any money in the bank and this is something you want to do, whether it's now or 12 months from now, um, there isn't going to be a lender on earth. If you come to them and say, Hey, I have X amount of dollars in the bank right now that they're going to look, you know, that that's going to be a bad thing. Nobody's come to me and they've had too much money. So (laughs) like, it's usually the other way around where, you know, we're, we're kind of getting on a plan, like, all right, well, you need, this is the down payment. There's closing costs, there's prepaids, um, in person, there's not just a down payment. I mean, that's another piece of it is, yeah, you've got the three or 5% that we talked about. Um, but there are closing costs in addition to the down payment and prepaid. So closing costs are, uh, cost of, um, the appraisal, the title work, the recording charges, um, processing and underwriting fees, and then the actual escrow. So that's your property taxes and home insurance, which unless you're putting 20% down, you will be required to escrow your property taxes and home insurance with the lender. So at closing, um, we're going to require you to establish that account with three months taxes, three months insurance, and then whoever you pick for your home insurance, they're also going to require you to pay one year's premium up front. So usually the closing costs are about 15 to $1,800 roughly. And then area, I guess it's depending on every area. Um, that's what it is in our area here in Wisconsin, but then prepaids, you know, property taxes in our area range from 3000 to 5,000 and then home insurance, probably from 650 to 1500. So I always say everyone needs to budget about $3,800 for that piece. So you've got the 5%, the $3,800, that number is kind of what you're shooting for. So, um, someone's taking the time to save up money, you know, yeah, that's a huge advantage. Um, yeah. So you can kind of do some rough numbers on what you're looking for in your area purchase price wise, 5% add 3,800. That's kind of a rough 
you know, a rough number to shoot at. So yeah, here's a, yeah. here's a, here's a fun story that happened on this purchase. I haven't told uh, this on the podcast. So <clears throat> uh, my mortgage lender, you know, um, you know, figured out where I was at, what I needed to put down. I was doing a conventional loan and uh, you know, it was, wasn't 20%, but it was pretty close to, to where I was planning on being. And <clears throat> so as I'm going through this, and they're doing the underwriting. I, my, of course, my, my point of contact was on vacation. <laughs> so I got, mm-hmm. I got dumped off to someone else who was basically looking at my, my folder fresh and how this bank did it. And I'm sure you guys do it too, but they took, so let's say this County's average taxes is 7% on what mm-hmm. the assessed value is. Now in Illinois, the land, the raw land itself is based off soil type. So there's a state soil map and based off what that is, is what your taxes are. When they ran the numbers, they ran my 7% at the purchase price mm. for the whole 40 acres. They're like, oh, your debt to income is all out of whack now because your taxes are going to be $14,000 a year. And yeah. I was like, well, <laughs> well, no, that's impossible. Like it, like, and then I sent them all these different properties that were 40 acres in a house that were very similar. And they're like, all the taxes were between three and $5,000. And and I went around and around and guess who had to come up with a bunch more cash? Me. <laughs> Me. <laughs> and so I think that's important that you said like, you know, have more money in yep. the bank than what you think, because if that would have happened, it would have killed the deal. We would have been SOL yep. and the deal just would have been hundred yep. percent dead. And then guess what? My taxes are, you know, I just, they sent out a new tax bill and it's like 3,900 bucks or 4,100 bucks, right where I thought it would be. And where yep. I explained that, but you know, yep. they have to stick to their underwriting in case they want, and they're holding that loan in in house. Yep. But they still wanted to be prepared to where they could sell it off to Sally Mae and, and get it off the books. <laughs> so, is that something you've seen? You know, as you're getting close to the finish line, where something like that, or was it? Do you think a product of uh, vacation? That's change? pretty drastic. Yeah, I have yeah. not seen something that drastic before. Yeah, it yeah. might have had something to do with the the vacation and just you know, new person looking at the file. Yeah. yeah. But to your point, if you have too much money in the bank if issues do come up a lot of times that can fix the issue. So and that's, that's, um, that's what had to happen. That sucked. I didn't want to yep. do it, but um, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> so yeah, exactly. If you want the property, this is what we can do. And there's an, there is a path to the finish line. So yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. If the property taxes, that rate really impacts your debt to income a lot, yeah. a lot more than what, you know, what it is, especially when you're self-employed and, you know, you're, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you have everything wanna... working against you, don't you? <laughs> yeah. But, but we made that alive and, and, um, cash is your lifeboat and transactions. So make sure you have yep. plenty of it. That's, you don't want to go down like the Titanic there. This ran out of yeah. lifeboats. Um, but yeah, that's, that's something that, um, you know, an experience that I definitely learned from. Um, let's see. So, what else do you think kind of drives the rural residential market? Because it seems, especially right now, because it seems like there's, I'll, I'll use an exodus term, a mass exodus of cities, especially like you and I both work from home. And uh-huh. there's all these people leaving these areas that are buying houses in more rural areas. You have, uh, you know, oh crap, what's the internet? Uh, Elon Musk, the, the SpaceX internet. Um, yeah. So you have that, you have, you know, this emergence of basically good satellite internet. That's what I'm recording this on is satellite internet that shoots to a grain bin uh, three miles away. And so it's like all these things that what once was the only way you could live in a rural residential residential area is if you worked in that area. And a lot of times these economies are pretty soft, but with the, if you have all these different things, like, do you think that's going to continue to drive the rural residential market further and further up, regardless of what happens with, um, you know, people working from home more and more? I think it's definitely going to help. Um, the big question there is how are businesses going to keep allowing people from work 
work at home, you know, yeah. versus the jobs that you had to be there. Yeah, like our industry. Yeah. Um, we, we could work from, I, at least for me, I could work from home when I started in this, you know, once I got away from Chase and Summit and um, got a, working from home for, you know, eight or nine years now. Um, and then obviously when the, when COVID hit, um, everybody was working from home. So it, it's really going to come down to if the company's production, you know, is still sure. where they want it with people working from home. Cause if productivity goes down and uh, you know, their employees are working from home, they're not going to, I mean, then yeah. it's going to be a requirement to, to come back. Like they're not going to lose money because people are working from home. And I think unless you're a certain type of person, um, you probably shouldn't work from home. So sure. just because there's distractions and motivation and there's a lot of things that go into it. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, if, if people are able to continue to work from home, yeah, I mean, that, it helps our, our rural, our rural markets. And you're right, the internet getting better and better every single year out here, um, even where I'm at, um, I'm not on satellite internet, but, um, yeah, well, I'm in a, I'm in a pretty rural, I'm an hour away from my office. So, sure. you know, I'm not, I'm not driving in. Um, yeah. I mean, it gets better and better. People want to move out. Um, the space, the, 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 the freedoms I'll say, (laughs) it's just, it's a different atmosphere. There's definitely, especially over the last two years, um, versus what, you know, being in the, being in the city and around, you know, around a lot of the people um, Mm -hmm. there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I kind of grew up on the edge of the country. So like I lived in the country, but it wasn't where I'm at now. And I don't know, you know, what price I would pay for a piece or what that's considered. I would pay a lot. (laughs) And and that's, that's, that was, so I lived in town and it's like, man, it was like, oh, working from home, recording podcasts, everything else. I always would hear a lawnmower at all times in the summer. Mm -hmm. Someone on my street is mowing. And then when I moved out here, I was like, oh my gosh, it is so much more quiet. And it is, Mm -hmm. it's simply peaceful is what I would say. And, uh, you know, those are things that you just, you don't know until you're out there. Yeah, I agree. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, we're just getting older or <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just the hunter in us of a just yeah, uh, it could, a it could piece be. of tranquility. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it as well. Yep. I'll yeah. sit on my porch and there's just nothing going on. It's just, you just look out and there's deer out in the, the farmer's yeah. egg field across the street or there's deer in the backyard. Yeah. We have horses here too. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's just nice. Yep. That's, that's something else to consider. And then one other thing I wanted to at least bring up is, if you are buying something rural residential, it does kind of open a new can of worms in terms of you need to be aware of what is the well <laughs> septic like that. There's more inspections and there should be, cause there's, you know, you want to make sure your water is good. You want to make sure your septic is all right. Um, there's properties, um, you know, where I'm at, there's some spots where like you could leave a, fa- a faucet on for you know, the rest of your life and never run out of water. And then there's other parts further you get away from the river, you know, yep. there's water issues you need, uh, you know, peroxide treatments for your wells. So your water doesn't smell weird. And so those are all things that you should really consider as you're looking around. Cause I think, you know, it's once something that's overlooked. Yeah, definitely. Um, and for, for the lending side, for, um, for me, basically we will care about that if it's written into the contract and I would sure. definitely be writing that into the contract. The last couple of years, there was a lot of things that were probably not written. Inspections were waived. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. There was a lot of things that were waived, but you're hundred percent right. Um, if those, if those are in the contract, then yeah, we're going to have to get copies of certain documents and they're going to have to meet certain requirements um, just yeah. per whatever area you're looking in. Um, but 
they should be written into the contract because a lot of times to fix those types of problems, it might cost some money. I mean, yeah, maybe it's a couple hundred dollars, but it could be a thousand dollars to to fix some of the, the issue. I mean, tens of thousands of dollars if you got to put in new septic fields and, and all that. So yeah, yeah, yep. yep. You got to watch out for that. Especially with older, you know, older houses too, <clears throat> you know, you're likely to run into some more things. So that's, that's something I would add to that, but um, yep. let's see. Okay. Time to get out your crystal ball. Actually, I have one more question. Do you think mm -hmm. in the scope of 10 or 15 years, we're going to look back and say, this was the absolute golden era of lending or borrowing as a borrower yeah, for, I do. For, for, you know, home loans? Yeah. I would say if it's, <laughs> if it's lower than what it was, I would be blown away. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I would say this was probably the, the, the lowest that it's, uh, it's going to go. Mm-hmm. What, uh, I mean, I know it, it varies on a lot of things, but like, what are 30, 30, uh, year rates at right now that you, that you've been yeah, seeing the, the life, or hold, a little bit lower? Hold my, yeah. Hold my feet to the fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, about three and a half. Um, okay. obviously you probably heard me say it a couple of times, every situation different. So the Low way product, that everything, yeah, exactly. That's what it, there's, what's called LLPAs, loan level price adjusters. So there's adjusters. You, you hear these advertised rates. Oh, you can get you into a house for 2.99. Well, you know, that could be paying two points and yeah. points are take your loan size times 2% in that scenario. And that you'd have to pay that in addition to the closing costs and the prepays just to get that interest rate. So yeah. um, there's adjusters based on loan size, credit score, loan product, like you said, down payment matters. Um, so everything in the specific scenario would matter when it comes to interest rates. Um, in general, if you wanted to kind of throw a cookie cutter you know, 25% down, $250,000 loan amount credit over 740 conventional loan. Yeah. You're probably looking at about that three and a half interest rate range um, sure. with no point with around no points. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but if you would have called me two weeks ago, um, they were probably a quarter point less. So, wow. which, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're, which is a, they're which creeping is up. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I, I encourage everyone to go into a, a mortgage calculator and play around and mm -hmm. just see what you see, see how much of a difference a half a point yeah, makes. Toss in 3%, toss in 4%, toss in, you know, 5% or in half point increments and just look at your payment. Yeah. I mean, it's a, the other thing I'd encourage people to do is look at um, a fully amateurized schedule on a 30 year oh, yeah. mortgage, because you want to, you want to get some, some mind blowing information, pop that in because typically if you buy a house for uh, you know, $250,000 over the course of 30 years, you're paying an interest about $250,000, if not more um, mm -hmm. for that house. So, which is crazy. Um, it is crazy. Um, the way that these first mortgages work are the lenders getting uh, the way that it, the, the, the payment schedule is, is most of the interest is paid up front as well. So it's all front loaded. So the first, yep. like, 15 years of your loan, most of your payment is going to pay the interest on the, on the loan. And then what happens is most people, um, they buy their starter home, they buy their first home, kind of what we were talking about. And then after five, reset. <laughs> yeah, five loan, to seven loan, years later, you sell it, then you get another 30 year mortgage again. Yeah. And guess what? You're just paying all the interest up front again. Yeah. So, um, that, and that's, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because like I said, no one, no one's getting uh, super wealthy by borrowing money. <laughs> no. the, the banks always win. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. The way they set it up is they're getting their money up front. Yep. No, yep. no, no doubt. Yeah. And then no. if, yeah, on that topic, go into a different calculator and see if you just throw an extra 50 bucks, hundred bucks, 200 bucks yep. a month um, to what that is. Or if you do an extra payment a year, and I think I want to say this, an extra payment a year knocks off like seven or eight years off a 30 year mortgage. It does. Yeah, typically it does, um, which I, 
I don't, most people, uh, whether they're self-employed or not, if you're getting a tax, I mean, that's a good opportunity. Tax, tax season's coming up here. If you're getting a tax return, I mean, that would be a perfect thing to do is go into your calculator, look at, you know, if you're getting a couple grand back, what does that do if I just throw my tax return every single yeah. year on the mortgage? You know, it would be um, way more drastic than what you anticipate. What you think, exactly. Um, even though you're like, oh, it's only, you know, a thousand bucks, two thousand dollars. Um, well, over the course of, you know, 25 years, <laughs> um, yeah, it'll, it'll help you out. Um, in addition to if you can come up with, you know, an extra 50, 100 bucks a month and throw it at the mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's why the, the 15 year mortgage, if you can do it, you know, yeah. it'll put you in a different, it'll put you in a different spot. Well, right. Even from your first payment, you're paying more principal yep. and interest. And with a 30 yeah. year mortgage, like you mentioned, it's, it's, it's kind of depressing. If you look at the payment schedule, yes. yeah. pull up a payment schedule and mess around with the term, the interest rate and what we're talking about. And it'll probably change your mind on what you want to do. Um, when you're talking about, you know, paying your mortgage, um, it might sway you to, Hey, we can tighten up a little bit. We can afford next to you know, hundred, two hundred dollars, and then maybe we get rid of our, um, our, you know, use our tax return every year to to do something with the mortgage and knock this thing out in fifteen years or something. So yeah, well, is it okay if I bring up what you just recently accomplished? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you know, I have to give you a hard time because okay, you're a, a a lender here, and every lender I talk to is like, well, get the thirty year mortgage, put less money mm -hmm. down. And mm -hmm. you're going to be golden. The rates are super low. You're going to be happy that, you know, because when I bought this, my lender was like, just put 5% down, you know, just <laughs> it's like, no. And like, yeah. yeah. And um, you paid off your house. You're, are you, you're completely debt free now. You paid off your house this year, right? Yeah. Yep. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. That's a huge feat. How old are you? Uh, 34. 34 with a, I mean, that's insane. And mm -hmm. as a mortgage lender, uh, why'd you do it? Um, because of what we just <laughs> talked about. I, <laughs> I mean, the, the reality of it is, um, so I, I get it. A lot of lenders are going to tell you, you know, rates are even financial advisors, rates are really oh, yeah. cheap. Why would you pay your house off? You know, you can invest in the market. You're getting, well, everything's probably a little bit skewed right now, but you're getting, you know, 10% in the market, you know, da, 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 da. Well, a lot of the same people will talk about cash flow and how important cash flow is. And, um, in that, in that aspect. Well, I, I just think if you have no payments, um, and I, we were talking, um, you know, I, I do watch a little bit of Dave Ramsey and mm -hmm. listen to kind of his, his teachings and, and whatnot. Um, but the reality of it is if you've got no payments, you have the best cash flow tool. I mean, your income then is a hundred percent to whatever you want to do with it. So, yeah. um, and what we were talking about, I, I get, yeah, you can invest in the market and get kind of returns and things like that. But typically most people will buy a house, take out a 30 year loan. And within five to seven years, that's their time frame to upgrade homes. And then guess what they do? They go right back to another 30 year mortgage. So you are starting all over again, yeah. especially with that unfavorable payment schedule. So uh -huh. are you farther ahead? Really? I mean, uh, so it, it, for me, it's just simply, if you have no bills, you really don't have as much to worry about. So yeah. I, and I think putting my money into my house, it's not like it's gone. Like if I wanted, if I wanted to go take out a mortgage right now, I could get it all back. You know, it's yeah. not like, Oh, it's a hundred percent gone. I'm never going to get it back. You know, if I yeah. wanted to go back into debt and pull it up to do a cash out refinance to get my money back. Well, any lender would, so, any lender would love you. Wait, you have a pay for house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> do you want some money? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I get rates are cheap and you know, we're in whatever time frame we are, but um, I think peace of mind 
um, there's a big, there's a, there's a lot to be said for, for that. Plus my goal, like, like what we've talked about is I, I want to buy some hunting land someday. So, yeah. um, whether, you know, I use this to leverage to make it, to make it happen, or now I'm obviously saving up to, um, to hopefully do it at some point. Um, maybe I can pay cash for it. Maybe I can't, but yeah. you're just in a different position when you have no bills. Um, I mean, a lot of people come to me, the two problems that there's three issues that most people have, it's either credit score, we have no money, um, or debt to income ratio. So mm-hmm. if you can eliminate you know, one or two or all of those things. It's just, you're better positioning yourself for later on in life. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an advocate to pay off the mortgage. Yeah. I do love you home loans, but, uh, I just think if you can get your house paid for everything paid for, you're just way better off. You make different decisions. You just, yeah. there's a lot of things that go along with it that, um, you can do, um, when you don't have any bills, you know, people knocking on your door, asking you, for, you know, you got to send stuff in every month. So yeah, yeah well, pay and, yourself. Yeah. What's most, most people's largest monthly expenses, their housing. So if you, free, yeah. if you free that up, I mean, you can like, you know, I'm sure you're going to, I'm sure you're going to buy a recreational parcel in X amount of years. And mm-hmm. now you're gonna be able to save, you know, however, you know, thousand yeah. dollar, whatever it is every single month. And then, and if you decide to do something different, then you still have a stockpile of cash too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I'm not no worse scenario. off by doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not, I'm not worse for doing it. So yeah, I would, I would definitely, that's why I, I would really encourage people to pull up an amortization schedule and uh-huh. just go on Google, type in mortgage amortization schedule, look at the difference between a 30 and a 15 year. Um, even if you're not going to be in that house for, if this isn't my, if you own a home right now and it's like, this isn't my forever home. Um, still look at it because when you sell, you're going to end up pulling that equity out. Exactly. You'll get a check at closing and you can either roll that to your next property, which I would say do it. Um, You know, you're not just wasting the money. It's not just going to nothing. So um, you're basically, it's a, it's a savings account out there um, that you can, at some point, if you're going to sell, you'll get it back. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. And I'm, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I just had to give you a hard time because you know, you have, <laughs> you have different, you know, lenders that tell you, you know, put the least amount of down and, you know, run it for as long as you can. And honestly, one of, yeah. um, another lender were the, the rec piece I bought this year, they don't do like, they hate, they don't do loans over 20 years. And it's for that same okay. point because they're like, and he told me, he's like, you know, we can, we can do a longer term, but like from a friend to a friend, try to yeah. do a 15 year or 15 year. Yes. <laughs> He's like, that's just yeah, try me being nice and telling you to do that. Yeah. Yep. Try to do a 15 year loan. Um, it's the, I mean, it, the payment's probably going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot more than what a 30 year yep. payment is, you know, half based the time, on the though. purchase price, but it's half the time. And re- really when you look at that, just the interest portion that you're paying the bank, I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars a lot of times. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, you're yeah, I know, I know it'll, probably, you know, strap you a little bit for that time frame. But if you can get on a budget and figure it out, I would, I mean, it'll such a, it'll, you'll be set up long-term if you can do it. So, mm-hmm. um, plus, uh, the, the whole, like, uh, you know, saving money and, um, you know, put the minimum down or whatever there's, there's mortgage insurance, on mul- a form of, or mortgage insurance on some private mortgage insurance or mortgage yep. insurance on these loans, um, which that's calculated into your payment. Well, FHA, um, it's permanent mortgage insurance. So for the life of the loan, whether you wow. hit 80% or not, 
it doesn't matter. Once you hit that 20% equity, that mortgage insurance is life of the loan. It used to not be, they changed it. Um, you know, I don't know how long ago now, but now it's life of loan. So the only way to get rid of it is wow. to refinance that loan into, you know, maybe a conventional loan or whatever. Um, but let's say you buy now, what do you think rates are going to be in, you know, five years down the road when you have the 80%, you know, yeah. equity in the property, they're probably going to be higher. It might not make sense at that point. Yeah. So if That's what you point. did putting down, yeah, putting down 20% or, um, you know, if you can come up with 10% down, there's some, uh, we talked about it for your, your scenario too. Uh, mm -hmm. You can put down on these conventional loans. There's different types of mortgage insurance. There's the uh, borrower, borrower paid monthly, meaning you just have a monthly mortgage insurance, a uh, borrower paid single premium. So you can buy out the mortgage insurance upfront in a single payout at closing or lender paid mortgage insurance, paid single premium. Um, and the basically you're taking a higher interest rate for the lender to pay out the, the mortgage insurance. Uh, so you can buy out the mortgage insurance at closing um, to eliminate it as well, which if you run the math on it, sometimes it makes sense. Um, yeah. Depending on credit scores and stuff like that, that might make sense. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, if you can avoid private mortgage insurance altogether and put 20% down, your Wonderful. payments less, you're, you're wasting less money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not wasting, yeah. but you're, well, you you're can not put that money not, elsewhere. If it's a hundred bucks a month yeah. or 50 bucks a month or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yep. so yeah, that's, that's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's all really strong, strong things there. So let's, uh, th this time to get out your crystal ball. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to hold a gun to your head. I promise, but it's time to, you, <laughs> you got to trust your gut and I'm going to, you just say up or down and I'm going to ask, the rural residential market in the next 12 months, up or down? Up. Okay. The rural residential market in the next three years, up or down? Overall, up, Okay, I would say. Do you, yeah, think, there's a, do you think there's a blip in the radar somewhere in, in between there? Yeah, rates are going up. So I think slow it'll... Things down. For, yeah, it'll slow things down, but I think it'll trend upward. Okay. Now, um, <clears throat> let's see. The rural residential market in the next five years, up or down? I think the same thing. I think yeah. it's going to trend upward, but there'll be blips up and down. Um, I, the markets, uh, a lot of people just bought in the last, you know, three years. So yep. um, if if, the, if what holds true every five to seven years, people are looking to, whether it's rec land, maybe they hold on to a little longer, but mm -hmm. um, most people don't want to sell their land for less than what they purchased it for. So that's a great point. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just think that it, over the course of time, it's, yes, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to go up. There'll be ups and downs, but if you can hold it, yeah, it'll sure. go, it'll, it'll increase. Yeah. And there's always, there's always a deal somewhere out mm -hmm. there. Um, if you're patient yeah. or savvy enough, um, or you, I mean, yeah, time in the market, <laughs> it beats yep. time in the market every time. So we've had a lot of people yes. say that. So, um, <laughs> okay. So, um, interest rates in the next 12 months, up or down? Up. Interest yeah. rates in the next three years, up or down? I'm going to say up. Yep. And then interest rates in the next five years, up or down? You're talking from today to five years from now. Sure. Yeah. Yep. We'll say that. Yep. Up. Yeah. They're going to be higher. And I think they're going to trend up as well. Just uh -huh. kind of racking my brain thinking about it. Yeah. I just think that um, we've had the lowest rates that we've ever had. Um, yep. I think it's probably healthier if everything's a little bit, if yeah. the rates go up here. So, well, even some yeah. of these ag loans are like, I had a buddy buy um, some ground, uh, tillable ground, and it was like mm -hmm. his rate was like right at three percent. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was it was a long term fixed rate too for tillable dirt, like good good Illinois mm -hmm. dirt too. 
Um, I'm going to have him on here to talk about it, but it was a government backed loan, I believe. And he got a long-term fixed rate on tillable dirt. And it's like, that's insane, you know, because that's going to, and and they're operators too. So like, he's going to get income off of it. And, and then on top of that, I mean, the, this is 140 plus PI dirt, which is like top percentile dirt in the world. And it's like, of course, that's going to appreciate it, you know, much faster. That's where all the cash is gone to buy good dirt. There's good dirt, bad dirt, and all the smart money wants to go to the good dirt. So it's pretty, you know, it becomes much more crowded because there's only so much of it on the earth, but um, exactly. So no, I I really enjoy this. Is there anything else? And I'll say this too. I sent uh, multiple clients, um, you know, here in Illinois to you as a point of contact and multiple actually bought houses with fairway this year. And so um, I'll give you an opportunity to kind of plug your information, but I can say I sent multiple clients to you personally and they were happy. So, I mean, that's really the, the, that's the real, the real thing here. So if you're in the market right now, listening and um, you know, be sure to reach out to John. And I mean, you answered a ton of my questions before, and I really appreciate your time and uh, expertise in the field, because I think it's, it's really important to talk to people like you. Yeah. um, And like you said, even if you, even if you're not like buying right now and you just want, you know, somebody to call and just bounce some ideas off of or whatever, I'm not opposed to, you know, I'm not going to, just shy away from even people that are looking to buy in the next however long. Um, yeah, give me a call. My cell phone, um, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, 262-470-5031. Um, you can also email me, uh, uh, john, J-O-N dot Gibbons at fairwaymc.com, mortgage company. Um, get a hold of me. Just, uh, yeah, if you want to just bounce ideas off um, or you want me to look at your scenario specifically, um, I got an online application. You can go on, fill out an application. I can look at everything and kind of, you know, go from there. So, right on. Well, um, we'll have to have you on the first time land buyer series. Well, whenever yeah. you buy, whenever you buy your first piece, uh, when you buy that recreational piece, than later. <laughs> you'll be there before you know it. I'm pretty confident in that. <laughs> it's so. the goal for sure. Heck yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate it. I'll put your cell phone number in the description here. And I, I encourage everyone, if you uh, want to ask John some personalized questions to, to do it. So until next time, we'll see you guys.